it's a little bit of kumbaya and it is a little bit of tough love. Everybody, welcome to the new episode of Cancel Me Baby. We're going to start today with a little anecdote. So just picture it, okay? Get in a meditative state and put yourself right there. It is a Monday morning in sunny Southern Florida in a coffee shop. You walk in, you're trying to get your latte and you look over to the right and there is a girl. Plot twist, the girl's me. She's sitting there on this Monday morning on her laptop, literally crying, literally crying. And you're thinking to yourself, is she okay? But you're also thinking to yourself, it's kind of a mood, okay? This was me Monday morning. And by the way, I'm recording this episode Tuesday evening. We plan to post it Wednesday. We are moving so goddamn fast this news cycle. I feel the need to clarify that because God only knows what can happen in the next five milliseconds, okay? Between And also like between then and now. So just so you know, okay, so- Here I am in this coffee shop. It is Monday morning. I am sitting and I am literally at my laptop. I am tearing up, crying into my coffee. Okay. Not like blubbering tears, but pretty much like almost there. And what, like, not that it is hard to get to these days. Like I said, is it not a mood? Hence my hair extensions in today for the first time in eons, because I'm like, Lord, give me a little something to make me feel a sign of life. Okay. So I'm sitting here crying, you know, catching up on the news and what exactly had the tears actually in my eyes in public. Okay. Believe it or not, you're going to laugh because I know I spend time on this show mocking celebrities and how out of touch they are. Even in last week's app, right? I was like, can you guys pipe down? Like, can you, we've had it. Like, can it Susie, right? So believe it or not, what had me feeling a type of way was watching highlights from the SAG Awards Sunday night. I swear, no, I swear to God, I was actually feeling so inspired. I was watching highlights and first I was watching the acceptance speech. I don't know if you guys saw this. I posted it to my story, okay, of Troy Kotzer, who was the first deaf man to win a SAG award. And I watched his speech on stage and I watched it backstage, which is actually where I've been at the SAG awards and many of award shows. It's kind of like a mini press conference after, you know, the actors, when they're award, they go back and they're asked more questions. Right. And I'm watching him talk. I am literally sitting there and I'm not okay. And he's talking about his journey. Obviously he's speaking in sign language and he's talking about his journey when he first joined SAG 20 years ago. And he talks about his struggle. He talks about literally sleeping in a car, couch surfing, you know, driving out because he was doing theater. And if you don't know, theater basically like pays you in potato chips. Like if you're lucky, if there are any leftover from concessions, right? So he's like, literally, I didn't have money for gas to go back and forth. So I would sleep backstage at night in the theater and look at the payoff. Now I'm winning my first sack and I'm sitting there and I'm like, top off my oat milk lady. Like whatever you have, literally. Okay. Because it's like, oh my gosh, 
I really feel like I needed to hear that. And many of you may feel like you needed to hear this too, right? And then, so I'm sitting there, I'm taking this all in. Like I am ready to write this man's biography, okay? And then, and then the Korean princess of Squid Game, okay? Her name is Huyan Jung, I think is how you pronounce it, okay? But it is neither here nor there. Do not get me for maybe butchering this, okay? Because she's a 27-year-old, gorgeous, so goddamn talented, okay? And she's up there and she's speaking in Korean and she's crying and she can barely get through her speech. Like the translator is over here breaking a sweat because she's like, bitch, can I, like, I need, this is like below my pay grade. Like, let's go, I'm here to translate. But Hoyan is over here tearing up because she's so overwhelmed with emotion that she won this award. And here I am crying again because she's like, I watched this from Korea. You know, as a young girl, I always dreamed of winning these awards and being here and like, here I am. And she could barely get through her speech. And I just thought, man, like I call my best friend and I'm like, can you believe this? Like, can you? It just was such a moment. And by the way, about the Troy thing, I just want to give a little shout out because in his, I believe it was either in his main acceptance speech or backstage, but what a foreshadowing moment because he talks about how he basically not being a quota. He's like, thank you, casting directors, projects for casting me authentically, you know, as an actor who happens to be deaf. And I thought to myself, isn't that exact? Didn't I say that? Isn't that exactly what we talked about in last week's app, like the quotas and the checklist and all this? It's like, that ain't it. Like, give us the real, right? The real, real. And so that's what he talked about. And so the whole thing was just so moving and about like overcoming and all this. And I feel like, again, it's what so many of us need to hear right now. Now I'm going to circle back to this concept. Okay. Again, because like what a dichotomy, because I'm going to briefly talk about the two shining stars making themselves look like idiots, okay, in the celebrity world in the last week, given all that's unfolding in the world and their respective needs to comment. I don't know. Do you guys want to talk about Joy Behar first or Anna Lynn McCord? I mean, really, like, it is a raffle. It's your lucky day. Just pick. Who, who first, who first? Let's get through this part quick because it hurts. No, actually, you're going to be surprised. I actually have a little bit of, and that's the thing too, right? With Cancel Me Baby or like Taylor, come again, come again, bitch. Like you're over here saying how celebrities just need to like shut it and they have no place to stay in your lane. And here you are over here, like, like shining and flossing their awards, you know? And that's just the thing with Cancel Me Baby, like my hair extensions, you don't know what you're gonna get. And this shit will just keep you on your toes as if the world isn't already. So let's talk about Joy Behar quick, okay? So obviously all that's going on just to add to our pain and our anxiety is what's unfolding right now between Russia and Ukraine. And I am by no means an international, you know, relations expert, but it has seeped into, you know, the dialogue of our lives. And so here we are. And again, who feels the need to comment on it, but these two a-holes, right? So you have Joy Behar on none other than, you guessed it, The View. By the way, I've been dying to do an episode on The View. I actually have to get Sunny Abada on here, who is the host of um, We Gotta Talk. She's been on my show before. I was recently on her show. She used to be a 
former, um, you know, news anchor. And now she kind of like broke out of it because of like all the kind of the same reason I did, right? Like all the narratives and the group think and all this, but she and I have been talking about doing an episode on the view because like, but also I'm like, is it even worth my time? Because like, why is the show on the airwaves? Like who is sponsoring this? Who is behind this? Like, oh my gosh, I need to know. I I do like somebody, somebody get a dissertation going on how the view is still taking up precious airwaves, advertising money. I don't care. But anyhow, I I saw the funniest clip on Barstool. One of the guys is like, I don't know about you guys, but when I want intellectual conversation and discourse, the first place I go is the view. So I reflect that sentiment, right? So Joy Behar, they're talking about what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. And here's Joy Behar. And she's like, meanwhile, we're like on the brink of World War III. We're like, are we going to see another day? And Joy's over here like, listen, it is all quite scary. And I've been, I don't know about you gals, but I have been trying to go, you know, and get my cappuccino on and get my pasta on in Italy. But COVID has cock blocked me from going on this European vacation of my dream. And now you have like basically the brink of World War Three. And what am I ever going to get to Italy on my vacation? And it's like, Joy, sweetie, sweetie, honey, most of us haven't even gotten out of our basements in the last two years. So I'm sorry, you know, if you can't get on your fucking gondola and ride around in a blissful state. Okay. But here's the thing. Everybody's tearing her up. They're like, she needs to be fired. Here's another thing that's going to surprise you again. Okay. Like, oh my, it's my, just call me the mad hatter. Cause I might just pop out all the time with things that you just don't expect. Okay. So I have to say, here's the thing, not to defend her. Cause people are like, she should be canceled. This is so tone deaf. This is a humanitarian crisis. People are dying. People are fighting for their, like, okay. And I have to say it, listen, even on my show, I don't like, look, I have notes that I jot down like general notes and I pretty much like it is fresh off the cuff and I just ad lib. And sometimes I say things and after the fact, I'm like, did I really just say that? And you know, not to defend her, but it is live TV. Sometimes you just say things and your mind just has a life of its own. Okay. And you don't always control it. So in one regard, I'm like, you know what, let's not hang on every little thing they say. Like, really? I mean, was it like a stupid thing? Yes. But sometimes you're just saying stuff. It's conversation. It's live TV. You can't take it back. And it is what it is. So while it was the stupidest shit that I heard last week, actually, no, sorry. Let's not forget the Annalyn poetry. Okay. The the Putin poem. Okay. That we're going to get to now. It's also like we have bigger fish to fry, you know, when it's live TV, anything can happen and, you know, a little slip of the tongue and there you go. And also like anything on the view should be void anyway, as we have discussed. So that's that on that. Okay. So Anna Lynn McCord. So this girl, if you haven't seen it, it went viral. She was in, I guess, a 90210 reboot. She decides, I'm just going to read this for you actually, because I feel like this, I like never agree with Buzzfeed, um, because they're deranged, but like, like, honestly talk about sticking, staying in your lane, like sweetheart stick to like, what type of ice cream are you or what pizza topping are you quiz? And like, let's fucking keep it moving. Right. But they, they so they decided this girl does the poem. You all know it. You probably can recite it. Honestly, it is like the Freddy Krueger of your nightmares. And they interviewed her basically to be like, what the fuck were you thinking? So in the piece and she defends it too, but 
in the piece, this is how it describes it. And I feel like this is perfect. It says, since Putin authorized missile attacks and the invasion of troops in multiple Ukrainian cities, thousands of Russians are risking arrest to demonstrate against the invasion. Ukrainians are sheltering in subway stations and getting caught in traffic jams while trying to flee possible violence. People in countries around the world are protesting and showing their support for Ukraine. And an American woman has posted a poem to Twitter. I feel like that just captured it perfectly. It's like, right, people are literally on the brink of like, what we maybe have never seen in our history before. And this girl is like over here, literally on Twitter, reading a poem she wrote as if Putin is going to be like, you know what? Hold, hold the arms, everybody. I changed my mind because this lady, this vegan lady in California just took a break from her kombucha to tell me this very important message. She's like, if I were to breastfeed you and hold you as my son, this violence, you would be so loved and you wouldn't see the bad in the world and feel the need to be violent. And it's just like, girl, what the fuck? Honestly, like, you know me, I am all like, all my projects, mostly the show is based on free expression, but there's a part of me sometimes when shit like this happens where I'm like, maybe express yourself a little less, like don't take it from Madonna, express yourself. Like, no, be the remix where you maybe just reel it back. No, but it's like, what literally, like, I almost want to take a poll. What possessed Anna Lynn McCord? What possessed her? I, I have to know. I ha- was it Emily Rose? Like who, who possessed her? And so, yes, it is next level deranged. And so in Buzzfeed, she ends up defending it. And she's like, listen, I understand because I could have been a horrible rotten person. And with my upbringing and like parent issues and all of this, like, I feel like the root of problems comes from our childhood and our upbringing, but it's like, sweetheart, sweetheart, the true nerve, the true nerve to think that some like that you would stop this authoritative basically dictator okay wreaking havoc basically disrupting all of world order probably as we know it by saying like you would be his soccer mom and like I said breastfeed him and coddle him like are what would it's like I can't, I can't, I could try to understand the underlying message, but this ain't the time to say like, bring it to a lecture at USC, bring it to like a Toys R Us event. Okay. This ain't it. This is not, it's just not the time right now. I hate to break it to you. It ain't the time. Okay. I had honestly the funniest comment from one of you guys, it was like, honestly, if I'm Putin and I'm seeing this video, that shit would make me want to get violent. It's like, I am purposefully going to retaliate on this bitch, like the true nerve. So this wraps up our brief yet necessary, okay, segment, if you will, of celebrities just not knowing, like not knowing when to not sing Imagine from their mansions while we are losing loved ones and our homes and our jobs and our businesses and our mental health and our interactivity and being in person in our minds and our schoolwork and our intellectual levels. If your kids like all these things, right? Like don't sing Imagine, don't write a poem that we need to hear publicly, okay? Read it to your flowers outside while you're gardening. That's it. All right. And for Joy Behar, you know, 
take a look at your passport, maybe give it a kiss, make love to it. I don't give a fuck what you do, but like, we don't always need to hear all this stuff, guys. Like maybe just roll it back, just attack. And this is what makes people be like, holy shit. Hollywood doesn't know when to slow its roll. Like for the love of God, people be a little more out of touch. Right. But this is where there's a little bit of push and pull. Okay. So you even like felt this at the SAG Awards Sunday night, because I was thinking to myself, like how many people are going to be talking about what's going on and all the conflict and all of the horror and all of the uncertainty. And here they are like at the base of it, you're watching it. And like at face value, it's kind of cringe because it's like, yet again, they're in these gorgeous over the top, like gowns and at this, you know, extravagant event and awarding themselves. And thank God for Martin short, because he makes a joke and he's up there and he's presenting and he's like, okay, Selena Gomez, let's do God's work and present actors with more awards. Right. So it's that self-awareness, but it's like this push and pull, right. Of like the, uh, but also on the other end of it, I did have a listener who was like, no, I get it. But like, we also have to like move on with our lives and have some sort of like escape and normalcy, even when there are horrible things going on in the world, because like, clearly the shit ain't letting up. Okay. Despite a two year pandemic, God's like, nah, no. Okay. That was the appetizer round and the hors d'oeuvres. So get the fuck ready. Like, here you go. Here's a steak knife. Enjoy. And I don't know if you're going to get a dessert wine. Like we shall see. Okay. So that's like the little bit of the push and pull, but it's interesting because I read one piece that talked about how the spirit of like, while celebrities can be very like out of touch and even Michael Keaton recognized that in his speech, he's like, I can hear the amount of people rolling eyes, you know, however, X, Y, Z there was, and you know, from the clips I saw, I could kind of agree with this, I guess. Like there was a sense of sort of like, you know, while celebrities talk, half the nation is like, please shut the fuck up or I'll rip my own ears off this feeling of like, okay, like unity for once kind of like everyone being on the same page. And someone compared it to that feeling after nine 11 of everyone sort of being like, all right, like kumbaya let's like be in this together and you know so you did have a lot of celebrities recognizing like michael keaton lady gaga they're like how fortunate are we and lucky are we to be like doing this and to play pretend for a living and to be getting awards when there's all this suffering in the world and there's so much injustice and we you know are privileged and we live these great fucking lives you know etc so there was that feeling of them like acknowledging it and the self-awareness and all this but I want to sort of flip something I bring on the show a lot on its head, which is the fact that, and honestly, what drew me to Hollywood to begin with is its ability to be larger than life and to inspire us. You know what I mean? Like think about, I guess, like I was thinking to myself, but I'm like, what makes a celebrity a celebrity? Like what makes them like, yes, the fact that everybody knows who they are, but I think there's a part of it too, whether it be the person themselves or the story they bring to the screen, that's a little bit of like, you know, our heroes. And it doesn't even have to be an actor or an actress, but think about like athletes, like a Tom Brady or an entrepreneur, you know, like fucking shout out to Elon Musk. Oh, and his mom, by the way, on Twitter, this is a sidebar, but Another thing about how all these events are unfolding is it's so wild to me that you're literally seeing world leaders. And again, like 
it's almost like a blessing and but it's also just like what the fuck again like simulation is this like world leaders you know communicating on twitter as if they're passing notes in each other's lockers in middle school you know it's crazy, right? So you see Elon Musk intervening and helping out what's going on in Ukraine. Again, like worldwide issues that could change the course of history forever. And his mom is on here on Twitter and she literally, she she hashtags, she's like, proud mom, hashtag stop war. And it's just, it's so entertaining. And it's also like, what is actually happening? Like what is happening? Is this a Valentine's Graham in fifth grade or, you know, international world leaders and their moms on Twitter? Like they are one and the same, but there is that sort of element of obtaining the unobtainable and being inspired and going for it. Right. I mean, think about how many movies, whether they're fiction or not that do this for you. Like I was thinking about it before sitting down to do this. And I'm like, damn, like there are just some movies like, you know, Forrest Gump, like Forrest, he is not going to let anything get in his way. No matter how many times he's mocked, no matter how many miles this poor guy has to go. He's like, you know what, bitch, I am going like nothing is going to try me AIDS, try me Vietnam. Like you tried it, bitch. You know what I mean? And I always cry in that movie. I know that it's fake, but I don't care. Okay. It's like, I'm brought right back to that coffee shop on Monday morning. And there I go, you know, even like Shawshank Redemption, if my dad didn't have the nerve to make us watch it like literally every night when we're trying to wind down I would probably have a little more appreciation for it however you can't deny that shit is inspiring you know hidden figures hidden figure like Taraji over here like it, all these movies I'm just naming a couple but they make you want to go out into the world and be like you know what bitch here I come hear me roar and I think that that's really important and I think that there is something about Hollywood even though they can be out of touch sometimes like with their deranged ungodly poems no one asked for not even the paper that this poor thing was written on did not ask for like save the trees okay for this there is something about it that like I said captures the human spirit and even their real life stories like the ones that I mentioned earlier I know for me as somebody who struggles and who's a creative person which I'm going to get at, into that in a minuto that we need to hear and while I was thinking about this episode I was like you know there are a lot of times that I was either listening, like when I was in Hollywood, like listening to them talk at these events or interviewing them in the flesh. And I was thinking to myself, like, what's a story you could bring of a time when a celebrity really, something they said really inspired you. It really hit home for you. You couldn't like shake it or stop thinking about it. And I was going back in the Rolodex. I was up in those archives. Okay. And I remembered the time when I interviewed Justin Baldoni. I don't know if you guys know him. So he's the star of what was Jane the Virgin. It's not on anymore. Justin talked to me about how he hit rock bottom in life and how it inspired him to kind of pick himself up and keep moving. And he created the show, My Last Days. Okay. And I will never forget the experience being there with the cast, watching it. I literally was crying for fucking days. Okay. And if you, you need to go, I think it's on the CW, it's online. It's somewhere it is somewhere. Okay. If you can hear the Putin poem, trust me, you can find my last days. And the premise of my last days is real life stories of young people who are facing a terminal illness. 
and literally have their last days. And it shows you, you know, some of them are, you know, bedridden in a hospital. Some of them aren't and they're out. They still, they don't know, right? Their days are numbered. And that is something that they do know. And it is like, it makes everything just feel so trivial. I I will never forget. And I wrote a piece on it on Bustle and I actually read it this morning. So you should go and read it. It's called Justin Bell. Just if you Google Taylor Ferber, Justin Baldoni, rock bottom Bustle, you'll see it. But he talks about how this is what he wanted to use his platform for, because he's like, in the end of the day, yes, you're seeing all of these people who like literally almost have everything to lose, but they don't become victims. They take control of their life. They're in the moment, they're present. And they're like, I'm going to fucking live my life. I'm not going to let this define me. It's happening. It is what it is. And I'm going to suck every single moment out of it. And it shows you like how we get so caught up in the day-to-day bullshit and the stupid stuff that doesn't matter. And Justin Baldoni said to me, I wanted to use my platform to bring stories like this to the forefront, to inspire and impact. And this is what I'm talking about, you guys, like with the, you know, bright side and the plus side of Hollywood and media and the power that it has, you know, to really impact us. But he says, moreover, like, yes, I'm so glad you're seeing these stories, but moreover to really like be proud of and live your life. Like, are you proud of your life? Are you doing the things that you want to do every single day? And honestly, everything that's unfolding out there has made me think about this because it's like, well, God forbid, who knows? Like if it's over like this, right? Really? If the pandemic didn't teach that enough, I guess we're learning our lesson. God's like you did. I don't know if you're religious or not, but God's like, you fuckers didn't learn. So here you go again, three, two, three times a lady. All right. You're going to learn the hard way guys. You know, not to take things for granted, you know, your freedom, your lives, you know, the ability to do what you want to do and make, you know, like I said, it's going to be a little kumbaya, but needless to say, that was an example to me. And I actually became um, friends with one of the girls, Kat Lazo, and even just hanging out with her. I just felt so inspired, like in the face, literally in the face of death. She just had such a great outlook on life. Like she wanted to suck every moment out of it. And I think that it's so important for us to know that now and always, because, you know, like as the great Drake once said, you only live once YOLO. So I wanted to bring that story to your attention. And, you know, it goes into what I was saying earlier about the stories I heard that night um, of the SAG Awards that made me feel so emotional because I'm sure like you, this is where I've always felt like a push and pull again and reluctant to, to talk about these things. Um, but we all have had our respective struggles, right? Like we just have. And I always wanted to share my story. Like, well, really, you guys don't even know like the half of like the shit I do um, and the struggle and the sacrifice because I always like had this fantasy. There's a couple of reasons, right? I've always had like, especially, you know, in the aftermath and during the pandemic, like many of you, but I always had this fantasy of kind of like 
you know, making it one day and my dreams coming to fruition and then telling everybody like, okay, here's the shit that actually went down. Kind of like, you know, Troy in the beginning of this, when he's like, I, you know, I've been at this for 20 years. I slept in my car, I couch surfed and like, here I am. And it all came to fruition. And this was the payoff and I paid my dues. Right. So I always sort of had that similar fantasy of being like, but here's what went down, bitch. Like, yeah, you think it's easy. Okay. Yeah. TikTok could never like overnight. TikTok fame is fucking shaky. Right. And there's a part of me that is always so tempted to share a little bit more behind the scenes because in the end it's not to like be self-deprecating or you know woe is me or throw a pity party but in the end I would hope that it's to inspire you guys because I know a lot of us are in really tough spots right now and on top of it we don't really want to talk about it because it seems like on Instagram everyone is living the high life and having a grand old time and I'm like where's the disconnect like one is not like the other please advise what is happening but there's also a part of it that you know, you look at what's going on right now. And I know that we all have our struggles, like, believe me, but it also, it's so, it it kind of makes, it puts things, I don't want to say it makes things trivial, but it puts things in perspective, right? So again, it kind of goes back into the, my last days thing. Like if you're worried about this or that or that, and again, like anxiety of unknown or not having a job or not being where you want to be, or like sleeping on your parents' couch, maybe (laughs) wink, wink you know, you look at what's going on and it's like, my God, these people, you know, whether it be, you know, overseas or like these examples I've given, like, they don't even know if they're going to have another day. Right. So if if they're going to see their loved ones, if, you know, any, you know, anything. So it really does, I think, put things in perspective. So until then we're going to put a pin in that because believe me, there are so many times when I've wanted to almost like vent to you guys and be like, all right, I know this is all fun and games and dandy. However, like someone come pick me up, please. Like there is not enough coffee. S O fucking S right. But you know, we're going to save that for another day. And that's the other thing too, is like, I almost feel like, I don't know about you guys, but I almost feel like vulnerability source, but it'll like make me look weak or something. I don't know. Either way, like you, you know, I'm doing what I got to do. And that's why I love hearing stories like this, because it just, again, it's like the human spirit and hope to just hang on and keep it moving. So with that said, I do want to give a little shout out to, you know, again, not to be like stroking their egos, but there are, you know, actors out there. This is where I'm like, I give kudos, right? Because it's like, we can't write them all off all the time. So like, I don't know if you know this, but Sean Penn, he is in Ukraine right now making a documentary. Like, could you imagine, first of all, call me a pussy. I'm like afraid to get on a plane right now, period. Never mind, like be in the epicenter of it all. So he's there right now. And apparently he's talking to like, you know, people in the, you know, politicians there and everyday citizens and troops, like all this. I'm like, that takes balls, like good for him. And this guy, you know, I've told you the story before, but he is like a humanitarian. I actually wonder if he's a fellow Aquarius. I got to find that out, but he does work. I think his organization is called core, but either way, he does a lot of charity work. And I've told you the story before of when I left his event early I was the only asshole who did. It was a charity event and he caught me red handed. So 
I have told you that story, but anyway, talk about one to walk the walk, right? Another one is Bethany Frankel, who is a former real housewife, but she's a really successful entrepreneur and she's like raising all of this money. And she has talked about, she's like, I'm trying to get the next flight out there. Like, so I can be there to help. And that's where I'm like, damn, like these people are actually doing it up. Like they're walking the walk and they're not just talking to talk. Okay. The other one is Max. Oh God, don't hate me. The guy from Dancing with the Stars and Bow's the brother, but he is Ukrainian, I think. Max Shimarovsky. Okay, but either way, I just wanted to tell you this little story because he's on the ground in Ukraine right now. Yes, he is Ukrainian. And um, it's funny because I actually interviewed him a few years ago. And this is where I want to bring this to your attention because some of them like are above like the bullshit. Right. So like he was on dancing with the stars. I interviewed him a couple of years ago outside at this, like, do you guys know what a thermogun is by the way, like not advertising for them. So if you guys again, above my pay grade, okay. Thermogun for the plug, but, um, he was at a thermogun event and it was with vets and like super cool. Right. And in the interview, he talks a lot about, I just, cause you know, now he's there in Ukraine and he's like documenting it on his social media. And I'm, I just felt like I was in the flesh kind of with him and like learned about his experience and his view. So it's interesting to see it play out, but even then when I talked to him, he was like pointing at the vets. Right. And he's like, this is who, you know, this is what it's about. These are the real people. They're like, this is who it's about. Like, you know, and he's talking about his lifestyle and all this. And he had a public marriage to a gal from dancing with the stars, like a whole thing, right? Like the whole celebrity, you know, public profile, high profile person thing, whatever. But he's even said to me, he's like, how fucking, he literally says this. I wrote it down. He goes, how bougie can you fucking get? And he talks about like boiling life down to the simple things, you know, again, like look at the vets, look at these people, like being the people to admire and to respect. And he talked about growing up and like being a family unit and like having family in Ukraine and, you know, all of this and like how important that was to him. So anyway, I just felt like, you know, I don't know if you know him, if you're into it, if you're watching like his stories play out, but it was just interesting because all those years ago, he was very like soulful and down to earth and kind of boiled it down to things that mattered. So now he's out there and he's documenting and he's like, I'm trying to get back and you know, all this. So it's crazy. Um, watching it, um, play out. So this all leads me to that kind of idea of like, of struggle and, you know, inspiration. So I know that this is like a really polarizing thing to say. And by the way, like I posted this to my story, but even watching all of this unfold with Ukraine and Russia and like us and like everybody, we're watching this unfold minute by minute. And I feel like this is the first time normally I can like discern the bullshit. Like we all know, like everyone has their narratives. Everyone has their this or that, which is is what I'm getting to. But this is the first time where I'm genuinely like, what the hell is going on? And it's so confusing. And I actually like can't tell. So help a friend out. But yeah, so it's a clusterfuck, right? And it's just adding to our overall anyway, like the tension and confusion and the arguing and, you know, the anxiety and just all of it. Like there's just so much pain out there and it's just like fueling the fire. It's just a mess. So I want to talk about the Ukrainian president, because again, like I said, I know this is polarizing and it's like, no matter how you feel about it, I just feel like 
there's something to be said about watching him. You know, it's inspiring. You know, he was, they offered to like get him out of there. And most world leaders would be like, deuces, peace. And they'd be like, you know, hiding in an igloo. And this guy's like, I don't fucking need a ride. I need ammunition. I'm going to stay here and help defend democracy and my country. And I feel like, again, it's like, no matter how you feel about it, I know it's like become this whole thing, which the fact that this has become so politicized is like nuts, but I guess not surprising. It is inspiring. Like you're seeing him and he's out there like having coffee with his soldiers, like kind of being the everyman in a way. He's literally like putting up videos being like, all right, guys, so we're going to stay in fight. We're going to give out weapons. We're going to protect our country. Like, again, like staring death in the face and all this. And there's something about it, again, that's so inspiring. And I bring this up because I don't know if you know this, but this guy was an actor. And that's what's getting him a lot of flack because people are like, you know what? Oh, what is the world a stage? What is this all a big thing? But I'm also like thinking about everything I talked about today. It's like, Again, but isn't there something to be said about like almost like tapping into the human psyche and like affecting us and so like understanding media? Like clearly he has the ability to like get on his phone and make people feel moved and inspired and like they want to be part of something and like they want to stand up for something and sacrifice something, right? So clearly like there's something about it that is really powerful and that he understands and that he's able to connect with all these people. And I hate to say it, but when you think about it, all right, it's not that far-fetched, you know, think of Trump. I know that this example is brought up a lot, but it's like, he was a reality star, a media personality. And look at how many, again, whether you love him or have a voodoo doll of him, I truly don't give a fuck, but look at how many people he was able to like mobilize and feel a type of way, right? Because he understands media and the ability to make impact. So it just got me thinking about how we like write people. Oh, it's like, oh, they're an actor. Oh, they're this, they're that. And it's like, well, hold on a hot sec people because they may have more power than we think, you know, in a good way, this is going to be a pep in your step uplifting note kind of, because this is kind of where I'm getting to the tough love part. So that's where I wanted to talk about that. So this all brings me to my final thought here, which is the fact that you would think after everything that we have been through and continue to go through, right? After everything we've been through in the last few years, that we would be more resilient than ever. Like you even like throw back to Kelly Clarkson, what doesn't kill you, make you makes you stronger, right? Or Kanye, like with or without his Twitter fingers, you know, that's a, that, 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 tongue twister that that don't kill me only makes me stronger right that idea and it kind of upsets me because I feel like and this is where the cancel me baby flare comes in we have also at the same time become like the biggest most like entitled pussies and it's really upsetting because it's like, we've been through so much. So you would think that we would be now I'm not talking about like our mental health, taking a hit and decaying because that is so, so real. But I mean, having the strength to pick your shit up and keep it moving and keep going and fight for something you believe in. I mean, think about it. Like we have literally become the most entitled brats. Okay. We think that our opinion is the most important on Twitter. Hell, 
We think that if somebody's opinion or thoughts don't align with the almighty high ground, that they literally deserve to lose their livelihoods, their place on a sports team, their place in a school. Like that's how deranged that we've become. That's how entitled that we've become, you know, or that we deserve everything or that our feelings are the most important. Even now, like we're seeing this humanitarian crisis and still it has to become like my side versus yours or pointing fingers or placing blame. Like it's all, and it's adding just like to this anxiety that we constantly all feel. Right. And I don't know if we've lost this, like as a generation, I don't know if it's a generational thing or if it's an, you know, after like, if it's an effect of like the culture wars, but it's all around, even like I talk about this on my show all the time, but like the need people have to victimize themselves or always be complaining or always like, when did it become this? When did it become this? It's like, we've lost the American dream. Like the American dream, right? Is about resilience and hope and hanging on and being fucking tough and strength, you know, individualism and fighting for what you dream and what you want to be and what you want to see come into fruition and what you want to bring into the world, you know, not cower away and be crying because somebody doesn't agree with you, not, you know, being scared in a corner. Somebody's not going to be okay with your opinion and afraid to speak up about something like that's not what we are about. So while we're in, and we continue to be in these trying to say the least times, I almost want to ask you, it's like, are you going to let these, are you going to let this like define you or inspire you? I mean, think about the, my last days cast and those cancer patients, right? It's like, they didn't let it define them. They let it inspire them and move them forward. And that brings me to my last thought here, which I never thought that I would say, but it kind of makes sense in the end when you think about it, right? Who would have thought, you know, my inspo and perhaps your inspo for this week of, you know, clinging on to strength and success and resilience and keep, you know, going when the going gets tough you know, and persevering through the struggle. Who would have thought that the epitome of that American dream would be a handful of actors at an award show? Hey, leave it to Hollywood and cancel me baby to surprise you.